Good evening. As Pastor said, uh, I'll be preaching out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. Praise God that rain stopped. I won't have to compete with it. Um, yes, I've entitled uh, the sermon tonight, Just the Rapture. It is the hope and comfort of all believers. And the reading will be from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 18. And we'll read. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say, but with this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I see the doctrine of the rapture to be the the hope and the comfort of all Christians. Um, Brother Andrew Barnes preached on the first two chapters of this book and he saw the main theme as comfort, whereas I saw it, the rapture. I saw it in every, every chapter. But I believe that the rapture should be for the comfort of all believers. Um, it should inspire us to live a holy walk. As we saw in the first part of chapter 4, my last sermon, that Paul gave instructions to the church how to live a, a holy walk. This meant a holy walk regarding their physical appetites and practicing brotherly love and Christian charity, for love is the very nature of a holy God, and that we should also work, work with our own hands and mind our own business to support ourselves. Now we see here that Paul goes on to prepare the church for the future, for the event we call the rapture. He answers their questions about their, their deceased loved ones who had passed away since he had been in Thessalonica preaching. They wondered what would happen to them. We must remember they're just spiritual babes in Christ. They didn't know everything, so Paul had to write this letter to comfort them regarding their deceased loved ones. And it should not only comfort them, but it should also comfort us. We should also believe that Paul now gives details that had not previously been revealed in the Old Testament. Before it was revealed by Paul, no believer knew that living saints would take part in a resurrection. The Old Testament saints believed there was going to be a resurrection. Even Job, which is the oldest book written in the Bible, we believe. He uh, has a wonderful passage that comes out in Messiah by Handel. Job 19, 25-27 For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God whom I shall see for myself and mine own eyes shall behold and not another though my reins be consumed within me. 
even Daniel wrote of a resurrection in Daniel 12, chapter 2, Daniel 12, verse 2. There will be a resurrection in the last days of some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. And Jesus preached about a resurrection. We can gather this from John 11, where when Lazarus had died, Jesus came and said, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said, I know he shall arise at the resurrection in the last day. But now we have in First Thessalonians the treatment that that was not revealed up until this time. And it should be for the believer's hope and comfort. The first thing that Paul writes to them about is that uh, that uh, he would not have them to be ignorant of this, this doctrine. It is important to realise that the Lord wants us to be informed about this, especially about our loved ones who have fallen asleep, that we sorrow not like unbelievers who have no hope. He, de- he tells us, doesn't tell us not to sorrow, but he tells us not to sorrow as those who have no hope. I had an uncle once who believed there was nothing after death. I tried to witness to him and he rejected what I had to say. He believed, when you're dead, you're dead, he said. And he was most emphatic about it and he said if I went on about it, he'd throw me out of the house. Unfortunately, the hope of some unbelievers is that they cease to exist once they die or that somehow God will accept them despite their sinful lives that their good works outweigh their bad works. But the hope of believers is that we will be resurrected, we'll receive immortalised bodies. Our hope of resurrection is certain because of the fact of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says that in verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. This means that our deceased loved ones will accompany the Lord Jesus in the event called the rapture. Paul says this by the word of the Lord, that the living believers will not precede the dead in Christ. In verse 15, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Prevent means to proceed. That means that God honours the deceased that they get their resurrection bodies first before living believers. He gives them that honour. So um, having established that the Lord Jesus will come back again for his saints and we'll bring deceased saints with him, we turn our attention to the events, the specific events involved in the rapture. The sequence of events are described in verses 16 to 17. For we read here, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We see the sequence of events. There will be three sounds. The Lord himself shall descend with a shout. Then there will be the voice of the archangel, most likely the archangel Michael. And then there will be the trump of God. The shout of the Lord is a military command. The Lord Jesus will be leading a mighty army of heaven to penetrate Satan's domain. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Then will follow the voice of the archangel Michael and then the trump of God will sound. No, this is not Donald Trump, nor is it the last trumpet mentioned in Revelation. Because that trumpet is midpoint of the tribulation. We believe that the rapture is pre-tribulational. It happens before the tribulation. And it is for our comfort that the rapture will happen before the tribulation, that we don't have to go through it. Now immediately after these three sounds will come the redemption of believers. We will no longer be strangers and pilgrims in a foreign land upon this earth, but we will be citizens of heaven. After those three sounds, first the dead in Christ shall rise. They will have accompanied the Lord back, but they will only be soul and spirit until they have their glorified bodies. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. In a parallel passage in 1 Corinthians, Paul also writes of this wonderful event. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That means both the living and the dead will all be changed in that moment. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We see here that it'll happen in a moment. That moment is atomos in Greek, which at that time was thought to be the smallest particle of matter in existence. We get the word atom from that word. It'll happen instantaneously in the twinkling of an eye. It'll be quicker than a blink of our eyelids. And, and we'll receive our immortal, incorruptible bodies at that time. Having discussed the sequence of events of the rapture, we'll turn attention to the timing of the rapture, what, might, what must happen before it takes place. 
We believe that the Lord's coming in the rapture has always been imminent. That means that there are no specific signs before it happens. It could happen at any time. Any time since the Lord ascended to heaven, it could come back. The apostles expected it at any time, and we should expect it at any time. We are told to watch and pray, not to look for the Antichrist or the Great Tribulation or any aspect of the Tribulation. We are not to look for trumpet judgments. We are not to look for anything like that. The Lord Jesus told his disciples that he would come as a thief in the night. A thief doesn't give prior warning that he's coming. He doesn't say, lock up your house, I'm coming at midnight or at six o'clock in the morning. He comes like a thief in the night. The world will not know that he has come and gone. Paul tells the church in verse 18 of First Thessalonians chapter 4 that we are to comfort one another with these words. It is not a comfort to a believer if he thinks that we're going through part or all of the tribulation. If you read Revelations chapter 6 to 19, they are something that no believer would want to go through. And it's not, as some people say, that's already happened. It happened in the persecution of the church in the days of Nero. But when you read Revelation chapter 6 to 19, it is the outpouring of God's wrath upon the world that has broken his law and rejected his son. And in 1 Thessalonians, twice Paul writes that uh, we are delivered from the wrath to come or we are not appointed unto wrath. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, he tells us that we are to wait for his son from heaven, whom he has raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, he says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are not to believe that the rapture will be mid-tribulation or post-tribulation. That is evidently a lie of the devil. We should believe that the rapture is pre-tribulational without any warning, with no specific events leading up to it, and it should be for our comfort. There is no comfort in believing that we should go through this um, tribulation. Another point people raise is why do we call it the rapture? There's nothing in the Bible that mentions the word rapture. Rapture actually comes from a Latin word, rapare, R-A-P-E-R-E, which means to seize, to be caught up or to be carried away. It is a translation of the word, words caught up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, that is raptured, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The thing is, in verse 17, it says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I think that is something that we all look forward to, not only to be reunited with our deceased loved ones, but to be with the Lord forever. And that is a, a, 
surely a source of comfort for all believers. So in conclusion, I'd say that the rapture will be a reunion. First, the dead in Christ will receive their resurrected bodies. Their soul, spirit and body shall be reunited. And the living Christians will receive their immortal bodies immediately after. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We shall be reunited with our Lord forever and reunited with our deceased loved ones. The doctrine of the rapture is meant to be a comfort to all believers. That ye sorrow not even others as others which have no hope, as Paul says in verse 13. We are to comfort one another with these words. Comfort means to strengthen. We should strengthen one another. That our labours are not in vain. Though Satan come against us with full fury and persecution in these last days, though the whole world be against it, against us, we should comfort one another and strengthen one another in, because of the rapture that is about to happen. It should be a comfort to us that we don't have to go through the tribulation, that is to endure the wrath of God. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. We shouldn't worry that we miss out on the rapture because we might be close to death. Whether we wake or sleep, whether we are alive at the rapture or whether we are deceased, we are all going to receive our glorified bodies. And my final point is that the question whether the rapture takes before, after or during the tribulation has been controversial in Christian circles. The fact that this doctrine has been controversial among even Bible-believing Christians for a long time indicates that it belongs to the area of things hard to be understood, as Second Peter 3.16 says. There is no one verse that absolutely answers the question once and for all. But the truth of the scripture must be searched out prayerfully and with patient analysis and careful application of the laws of biblical study. And I believe that what we believe in this church and in independent Baptist circles is that the rapture is pre-tribulational and we don't have to go through the wrath of God. So uh, I'll end it there and I'll just end in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your word about the rapture, the doctrine of the rapture that is the comfort to all believers and our hope. I pray, Lord, that you help us to live holy lives, to be ready for the rapture, to be inspired by the rapture and to live in a way pleasing to you that you draw us together and comfort and encourage us, Lord, regarding our departed loved ones, that we will be reunited with them. Help us, Lord, to please you and to do your will and to be sanctified, Lord, to be able to live a holy life, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.